host Aaron Miller, and in today's episode we speak with Saab Singh, who is a professor and chairperson with the Sport Management Program at Farmingdale State College in New York and a regular contributor to Street and Smith Sports Business Journal. Saab also publishes the Sports Doing Good newsletter, a unique publication that highlights the good from the world of sport. Before his time at Farmingdale State, Saab spent 12 years as a management consultant, but our conversation today is about the power of sports and particularly the power of sharing good news from the world of sports. So listen in as I ask Sab about his journey in sports and what he believes the power of sports is to him today. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sam. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking time to meet me and speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. No, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about good stuff, right? That's never a bad thing, at least for me. Yeah, I'm just very grateful to you for taking some time out of your day. I know you're a busy person <laughs> and I'm excited to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this podcast for some time, especially Thanks. there is so much negativity out there in the sports world and a lot of your work has been an antidote to that. And I always like to start by asking about my guest's relationship to sports as a young person. So what was your relationship to sport? Were you an athlete, a fan? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah, it was early and often. So it, it was interesting. Actually, my parents came over from India in 1968 and weren't necessarily sport inclined in any way. And then I have an older brother by three years and I followed his footsteps. And I'm really grateful actually that my, my parents were open to, you know, playing sports, trying something different. And there's, it's definitely changing, but there's that sort of stereotype that for South Asians, that it's all about school and nothing else. And that's, everything has to be focused in on that. And sure. unless it's cricket, right? Cricket. Yeah, yeah, everyone's right. In India, right. It's it, cricket in terms of the, what are the most popular, three most popular sports. And so looking back, I definitely am appreciative because it was a great experience. As a fan, still is great experience as an athlete, still is. So yeah, there are a few things that I think carry through life like this. I've been, I've always been interested as both an athlete and a fan. When I got to get to college, I was interested in doing something sport related. Even back then I graduated in 1992. So the industry was just starting to, I think, really take hold. It was with Michael Jordan, at least on the sure. NBA and Bird and Magic and you know, just a lot of things that the NBA was doing. So it was, I think I've been witness to, and hopefully a participant in a little bit, it, it to the growth of the industry over the last 30 plus years, which is great. And something as a academic, as a professor that I remind students of that this is a great time in sports and it's really, the trend has been positive. I think that they're entering an exciting industry that in more and more is also looked as a source of impact for positive financially, economically, of course, but certainly in other ways as well. Absolutely. And I saw your post, or I guess it might have been a repost on LinkedIn today about Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks superstar. And of course they lost last in the NBA playoffs, but there was a journalist who asked him if he thought the season was a failure. And I love that you reposted his response because it was great at pointing out, I'll probably butcher his words, but there is no failure in sports. Michael Jordan, he failed the nine times to win the championship That's in right. 15 years, but he won six and he's considered the greatest ever. So I'm curious why you reposted that. 
Yeah, you know what? I don't repost a lot of things and I just, I'm a Giannis fan. And and I really thought, I, I think it was a little bit like, in a way, I saw it posted on LinkedIn this summer or last year with Tyler Adams. No, actually it was in November, Tyler Adams at the World Cup when he was talking about Iran. And I just, I do, these guys are constantly in front of the camera and it's easy to just be in a bad mood and... Every single word it was looked at. And I, I just thought it was, again, I'm a fan of his. I thought he addressed it really well. I thought, and he caught himself, right? And he really was respectful. This is someone, a reporter that he's dealt with before, will likely deal with in the future. And I, and I liked how he said it. Like, I think the Jordan example was great. I like that guy, right? To the writer. So the writer said, you don't get a promotion every year. So that doesn't mean your year was bad. Exactly. Or a failure. So I thought he just did a, re a really nice job. I think the NBA has got some really fantastic young stars and he's one of them. And I think it, it's great to the league and for sport overall. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you run a newsletter and have for many years called Sports yeah. Doing Good. Yeah. And I'm curious, what was your initial impetus to start it? And what changes have you seen, if any, over the years? Yeah, you know what? I actually had an opportunity just this week to talk about sports and social responsibility it was actually the topic of, I teach a class at Columbia on Tuesday night, and that was the topic this week. So I actually had a, you know, occasion to reflect on where did sports do it come from, or at least my connection with sport and social responsibility. And it was just something that I, when I worked with, get sports been, as said, have been there from the beginning. And then around 2000, I used for a few years, I worked with entrepreneurs, you know, felt that they was, that was really a great experience. Entrepreneurs, irrespective of what they're creating, are very often filling a need or a gap in something. So I always admire, and I, more, I admire the courage it takes to start and run a nonprofit and, and to start to run any company, and including a nonprofit that's still a startup, right? And so I started paying more attention to what was going on in entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship. I started seeing more of it. I was given a suggestion to read a book called Social Entrepreneurship. I think David Bornstein, I think is his name. And, uh, and so I read it. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And again, a lot of what I do is I try is colored by sports. So I, you know, I just kept an eye out for things and I just, yeah, I saw more and more things about it. And I think right around that same time, Aaron, I think I, I'm not like a reality TV person. And I just was seeing a lot of negative Seeing stuff from there, which I thought was trivial. And I've seen a lot of negative news. I was like, I just want to see occasionally, I want to see some good stuff. True. And so I started just keeping track of it. So I had written a couple of things for Street and Smith Sports Business Journal. And a few people had recommended, like, oh, you should have a blog, you know, about that. And I wasn't necessarily looking to do that. I said, okay, you know what? I'll do that because I am saving these articles that I come across. And in essence, I'm saving it online in case anyone else wants to see it. So I did that for a little while. And then when I started teaching here at Farmingdale State College full time, it was a little bit of a time crunch because I was doing two or three posts a day and it was a lot. And, but I felt like I, I definitely still want to do this and uh, talk to some friends in the industry. And, and I do, I myself get still do multiple newsletters across business, sports. And it was like, hey, Fred was like, you should think about a newsletter because you can do it every, say, if you want to do it every week or every couple of weeks or even every month, and then you can collect stories and do that. So that's really where it started. So yeah, it's been about 12 years and it really was that. It's just, I just want to put a collection of stories that are good. And my approach was to be very inclusive about that. So it wasn't only charity or only philanthropy, which are two great areas that definitely a feature in sports doing good. 
but it was just more about if someone overcomes great odds or someone's first in doing something. And I've even done companies, startup companies, just the idea of entrepreneurship in sports. So that was really the motivation is to be inclusive, even in a small way, just help amplify the coverage that someone's getting. And again, most of the stuff I do is I find articles that have been published somewhere else and then provide the link. And I do write an introduction at the main original content. And I've never had a problem in 12 plus years. I've done 20 stories a week at a time and then 10, and now it's about 15 to 20 and it's the newsletters every couple of weeks, but I've never had an issue getting, finding stories. And I think that speaks to the good things and that we see in sports and the positivity. And I've had opportunities to do things and meet people and you, for example, through the newsletter in a very selfish way. This has been good for me. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I look at that as imagine just always keeping an eye out for good things and it makes you feel good. Absolutely. And, and then when I hear back from people, it doubles it. So that, that's really been the motivation and what's driven it over the last 12 years. Very cool. I'm so glad we got to meet because I had a very similar experience in the process of writing my latest book. Yeah. I was thinking there's a lot of negativity around the issues I happen to be observing yeah. and I'm not going to sugarcoat them. They are real. And, right. and yet. I really wanted to focus on what I could do and think about what I could do and maybe have a bit of a blueprint for others in similar shoes. You know, people who thought, well, I'm doing this research, but I want to put my two cents in and I want to suggest reforms to make this whole ecosystem better for everybody. So that was really the framing of my latest book as well. And I call it positive anthropology. And so it sounds a lot like what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm really glad we got to meet and, and have this conversation. And you mentioned thing, that, you know, remind, oh, sorry. There's a quick thing, remind me, and I'll put that in the next newsletter. You oh, can, thank you very much. Yeah, I will. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, definitely. Again, that's something, it's another, right? Someone comes out with, there's a doc, great documentary or a great book. Absolutely want to promote it. So I'll, we'll follow up on that, but yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I'm curious to just go back a moment. You mentioned that there was reality TV and some negative news in the mass media at the time that you started the newsletter. Was that? Related to sports or was it just more generally? That both, you know? both. Okay. Yeah. And I look, I love, e, I'm at ESPN.com 10 times a day. And, sure. But I would, there were definitely times where I think it was when Tiger Woods got into his car accident. It was like, oh, so that was a lead story. And then a drug test was a lead story. And I was like, oh, geez. It's like, I love a couple of nice ones in it. And I get it. And I'm the, the same philosophy that you articulated before. I'm not saying hide from it what's going on. These are real things and Absolutely. issues or problems also lend themselves to improvement in some way. So I, I definitely included things where, you know, maybe a lack of representation for people of color in management. You know, I, I've usually included it as someone's working on it. So it's not everything is rosy and ignore what's going on. But yeah, it was just, yeah, things that were in, still in sports, but also on a larger scale. And again, if I had unlimited resources, I would love to do just like life doing good because there are, yeah. every day I see stuff that's really positive. And I'm starting to see it a lot more just by, I'm not huge on social media, but I see it all the time. And I think that's great. I, I think there's a tremendous amount of content out there, but a fair amount of it is about people doing good things. And so I think we're moving in the right direction with that. I would agree. And I think one of the trends you're alluding to here is that social media is certainly not replacing mass media, but it is, right. it is challenging. And there's, and if you yourself are a positive person and want to consume co positive content, it's there for you to find, right? Yeah. And so I really like that because it gives consumers a choice. 
And I'm curious too, the sports media, being a sports management professor, I'm curious what your thoughts are on how you've seen technology maybe change or maybe social media change the way that, that ESPN.com type places are covering good news versus bad news. Because it, it does seem to me, as you suggested, a lot of the content that you find on the front page is some sort of dramatic or violent or controversial issue. Yeah. I hate the word clickbait because I think it's yeah. a cringy word. Yeah. But, but then again, it seems appropriate here. Yeah. These outlets, they have great responsibility. I think they do a good job overall. I've never looked at a place where I was like, I can never find a good story there. Look, I, I think ESPN, I, I've dozens and dozens of stories over the years. So yeah, they do a lot of great things. I think it's both. I think it's both an amplification of things that are not that great and things that are great. So I think it's gone in both directions. And I think that's fair. And, but I think, you know, again, I've come across in, in speaking with you and coming across, I just see more people considering it, the good stuff and working on it. And I had the great honor for seven years. I was one of the judges for ESPN's Sports I Humanitarian Awards. Very cool work. Yeah. And I loved it. It was so nice. Kevin Martinez, at ESPN great guy. And just to see the worldwide leader in sports thought it was worthwhile. And though the humanitarian awards are not around anymore, they've been basically incorporated into the ESPYs. So they're making it a high profile part of what they do. I've never felt alone in this. And I just love seeing more and more stories now, more and more podcasts about it. I wrote an article for SBJ a few years ago, and the essence of the, the title was change the conversation, mm -hmm. like the hashtag and yeah, that we're doing it. And I think every little thing helps. Yeah. It's been something that I've taken a lot of pride in and I just feel I I'm a better person. I think I'm more knowledgeable actually about what's going on in sports business, right? Sure. Cause again, we're talking about entrepreneurship. We're talking about technology, allowing more access to women's sports, for example, mm -hmm. that's a positive. That's something I put in the newsletter. And as a professor, <laughs> I'm got to stay on top of a lot of these things. And so I benefited that way. It's a work bonus for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious, but let's talk a little bit about women's sports because that's something that's interesting to me. That's what the new book is about. And, okay. And I, well, women's college sports that is, and basketball in particular. And you mentioned technology. It does occur to me that is really something that's driving things with 2021, the tournament, the inequalities in terms of yeah. the, the amenities that were provided to the, right. the women during the tournament. And then the NCAA really wouldn't have have their feet held to the fire, if not for social media and hey, great. hosting. So yep. what other technologies, or maybe you want to speak to that one in particular, but what are some of the technologies you're seeing that are helping shine light on the areas where we could do better? Yeah, I think all of them. We have presence on, on Twitter and Facebook, a little bit on Instagram. I still have to be better about using it. I haven't done anything on TikTok, but I think it's great. I think it was Sedona Prince is her name. I think it was a, it was a moment in time, but it's one of those... Way, way back, even before TV, like if the newspaper didn't cover something, you very good chance you didn't know about it. And right. then it changed with radio and then with TV. And I, I, it just, it would have had the same impact. I saw that video and I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. It was, so again, it's a situation that's negative, but with a positive on the flip side. And that being, hey, we can all do better here. And I talk about it in my classes a little bit where things are definitely good. You got to be ready for these things that are going on, especially dealing with undergrads and grad students. They are literally the future of the industry. Don't get bummed out by something, understand that it happened. And then let's think about 
and again, whatever way that is possible for an individual or organization to make it better. I thought that was a, a real moment in time because when I have shown it in class and when people see it, these young people, they laugh, they're like, you have to be kidding me. They're like, that was it. I was like, no, that was it. One little weight thing in a, a few mats. Yeah. And these are high level athletes. And so it was just something that and sometimes we have to get shocked to the system. And, and I think it's hopefully we're more progressive and we address those things before they even happen, but look, it happened and let's, let's try to make it better. Absolutely. And it does seem to me that things are moving in the right direction, although clearly not quite there, but when it comes to gender equality and particularly women's basketball, there's reports in the last six months or so about how much money the NCAA women's tournament has been bringing in and right. about having a separate contract for them, which hasn't been the case up until now. So that's right. So I think it's really interesting to think about what's ahead and how technology might facilitate it or help to catalyze it. And so you're a sports management professor yeah. at several universities. And what have you seen change in terms of what students are interested in over the years in that subject area? So the class I teach at Columbia is the foundations of sports management. So it gives me a little bit more room to, to talk about some of these other things regarding, we talked about emerging a couple of weeks ago, we talked about emerging sports leagues. And mm -hmm. I find that really interesting. And I've seen it in the newsletter. There was, I don't know if you remember, like 20 plus years ago, there was a sport called slam ball. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. And they jump in a trampoline. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember that. Was, like really, yeah, really crazy stuff. And I just, some of the, you know, it's being brought back and they got $15,000 right. in funding. And we talk about it in class as a business case, but also it was like, look, this is, Anything that attracts attention positively, provides job opportunities, provides some earnings for individuals, entertains folks, all that stuff's positive. But so when I said we talk about it, I think everyone, especially from the entrepreneurship side, and you don't actually even have to be an entirely new company. If these established leagues are starting to do for the NBA, talking about the play-in game and then an in-season mm -hmm. tournament, that's entrepreneurial. It's certainly something that one of my hopes is that students, even if they're not going to start their own business, that they have that entrepreneurial mindset because it is a growth industry and, you know, and it's certainly they need to get things done, but for a way for people at it, of any age to stand out is to come with something new or different. And that comes from education, from experience, from networking. And so I think all of those, all of those things are positive. So I still see people are definitely interested in being the, the team president of their favorite team and that's still there. But I, our responsibility at, as faculty is to understand that, but also make students aware of the variety of opportunities there are in sport. And that includes social responsibility. I said to this class on Tuesday night, I said, I'm not talking about this because I really believe in it because it's your class, right? If I really believe that I can spend my own time dealing with it, I'm talking about it because it's really trending in the industry, right? You're talking about the NBA starting a foundation, multi-athlete, LeBron building a school, and all of the stuff that you see with social responsibility. And then there's research that shows that people, especially younger people, are willing to pay more for a particular product or service if they have a certain level of respect for the company. Absolutely. That's yeah. just economics. And who can ignore that? All these things, yeah. I think, speak to... You don't have to work for a nonprofit to, to generate good in the industry. 
That's right. And that and that in finance too, right? With sustainable yeah. investing and that, those kinds of things. Exactly. And it does seem to me that your students must be largely optimistic people as well as creative and entrepreneurial, right? Because and that that really plays in, I think, with what you're doing with your newsletter too, doesn't I, it? Yeah, I think so. I'm with you on that. Definitely that not giving up on folks like us. We still a lot to like, contribute. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that under providing that foundation that, hey, this is the industry, as they say, warts and all. And there's a lot of old. There's a lot of good stuff that's going on. And it's there. And it really is. It's their responsibility. I say to even the undergrads, I say, you're already in the sports business industry. By being in this program, you're in the industry. So if someone says you're not in, you are in the industry, right? And you are, you have contributions to make. And they'll probably increase as you get older. But yeah, I see it. I definitely see. I love when I see someone post that they got a new job, even if it's sales or event management. There's just a passion there. It's an excitement about doing something. Because look, a lot of students come into our program with like sort of an explicit love of sport. Right. And so it's, again, our responsibility to help them leverage that into a career that's significant and that will be sustainable. And people will say all the time, just loving sports is not enough to be great in the industry. And I agree with that, but it doesn't hurt. You yeah, either, of course, right? Right. You've got that passion. And we've talked about it in class about why do we follow certain teams? Why do we find particular organizations or athletes and the memories they give us and the shared experiences that they give us? All of that is good. And to me, that's social responsibility. If you, you know, an athlete buys tickets for a hundred kids to go to a game. That's so, good. It could be a life experience for those. For those absolutely. absolutely. No question about it. Yeah. I think actually athletes have been doing social responsibility a lot longer than teams and leagues. Yeah. Just the idea of like baseball players signing autographs. Definitely. And, uh, and there was a connection there. I think that was the athlete seeing the fans for the game, being on the field, the fans being in the stands. And you didn't have that as much with ownership and with front office folks. I'm not sure we have that yet with ownership and uh, front office folks, but perhaps we're moving in that direction. I think about the NFL, which I've been following for many years yeah. as a fan, but also as a critic. I've had a couple of shows about football on this podcast. It does occur to me that without Kaepernick kneeling in 2016, we wouldn't have had any of efforts that the NFL has made to tackle social justice. Now you can talk about whether they're doing enough or not. And, and that is a worthy discussion to have. But just the fact that they have written things like end racism in their end zone, I never thought, I never thought I would see that. Amazing. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm an optimist as well. And I do think that it takes pressure, it takes, but it also takes positivity. If you go into a meeting and say, this is the way it has to be done or else, doesn't usually work. So you have to try right. defenses, right? Yeah. And, and so I really like what you're doing in your work, given that, that philosophy that I have. So yeah, I've written no, and I agree well, with it. I think your approach is, and what you're saying is spot on. And with your students, and I'm, one passion of mine is sustainability. And I've worked at Tesla Motors for many years on the okay. side to do some, some Japanese and English translation and some hmm. HR work because I lived in Japan a long time and speak Japanese. But I really enjoyed that work. Partly because I was helping those people, largely because I was, I felt like I was moving the world in the right direction in terms of sustainability. At this sure. time, we're talking about 12 years ago by now, but at this time, Tesla was just starting out and hadn't scaled. And I was really passionate about trying to help push the big American car companies off yeah. the fossil fuels, right? 
Yeah. And I thought maybe Tesla, maybe Elon's got this plan. Maybe he's the kind of person that will actually change things. If I could just be a small part of that, would be great. So I'm curious in the sports management world, we have these mega events. We just had the World Cup and Qatar and, and all these terrible human rights abuses That's and right. all these things. So I'm curious what you're hearing and what you're seeing and be something that you posted in your newsletter comes to mind, but is there anything that you're excited about in terms of what sports managers are doing for sustainability? Regarding sustainability, yeah, that's it's not an area of expertise. I mean, I've definitely learned over the years. One organization that I've featured multiple times over the years is the Green Sports Alliance. I'll tell you, with the newsletter, again, is very much about learning. To say I've read literally thousands of articles, and I think I'm much more aware, or at least sensitive. And my hope is the fact that my sensitivity to something and it's featured in the newsletter, that might trigger that for someone as well. But yeah, look, I think sport, there's definitely a number of articles that I've had. F1, NASCAR, what they're looking to do better from a climate change and mm-hmm. sustainability, the way stadiums are being built. I did, a, I featured a story probably a couple of years ago, and then they were just in Sports Illustrated, like in the last month or two, I think it's called Forest Rover, and their soccer team in, in Europe. Everything is green. Everything about them is green. Like it's all vegan food at their stadium. It's not right. It was a big feature in Sports Illustrated. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And then the article said, well, could a big club do something like this? And the gentleman who bought the team and gave it this mindset and approach is like, sure, it can be done. Yeah, it's not easy. Like, of course it can be done. It just like anything it may take extra work and it may take longer. But I get, I think a gentleman like that. And when you're starting to see these big places like years ago when Barcelona puts UNICEF on their jersey, we all learn from each other, whether it's individuals or organizations. Yeah, I definitely think sustainability on a macro level has been great and it certainly worked its way into sports. And I even said on Tuesday night in class, I was like, look, we actually have an arena called Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah, we do. Yeah, if nothing else, they're saying this is a topic of a major interest for all of us. And I think just because of the importance of sustainability, but I've seen multiple and include multiple articles about the idea of how sport is being impacted by this. And so even if you just want to be selfish, if you can have a ski slope or again, what's what's doing in terms of people being out under the sun and things like that, if these things work its way into an economic discussion, I have no problem with that. If the ultimate goal is to get things right. Some, yeah, some people have to have their feet held to the fire to make change, right? And right. That, may, that may be the case with thinking about the Tokyo Olympics and the idea of running the marathon in the crazy heat of the summer in Tokyo. It's one of the stories that I recall from a few years back yeah. along those lines. And the Climate Pledge Arena is pretty interesting. I don't know the backstory there, but my guess is there was enough of a critical mass of people that said people love sports yeah. or sports, right? People love sports so much. Let's put our name Climate Pledge on a stadium so that it has to be used. Utterance has to be used so much that people find it change all the time. That's right. So, yeah, I, I think that was a brilliant idea. And you may see more of that going forward. I um, think so. Yeah. We have fake meat now. There's a lot of t- people 20, 30 years ago would have never predicted that would be a thing now. And it's Definitely. Like, I agree. No, I agree. I, I think what you found in Europe, that kind of sustainable franchise, I think that's possible here. Yeah. I'm hopeful that there will be more people in that world. Because it does seem to me that it can be accelerated really quickly by entrepreneurs. Yeah, And that was another reason I was excited to talk to you because I know 
that's a core group of who you're teaching. And so for you to have this newsletter and be learning and walking that walk, yeah, it, it really great model for your students. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. It's it certainly, you know, I don't, I don't require them to follow the newsletter, but I just said, Hey, this is another one. I, when I say here's six, seven newsletters in the industry that are, I think are good that I read. Hey, just an FYI. Hey, yeah. And some are more apt to, to look at it now, but I think just by giving, you know, attention in class. And again, it's because it's happening. I wouldn't use up. They're paying good money to be in these programs. And so it's not about what's of interest only to me. It's about it because it's relevant to the industry. And so I think that's a good thing. And if it wasn't going in that direction, I'd probably say, hey, you know what? On the social responsibility side, we're really lacking. But to yeah. my point, I think w- w- there have been a lot of improvements. And I said, you go to any major league website and there's a tab for community or community relations. Yeah. So that's standard now, right? So it's something that if you're buying tickets and you may at, online, you may go over to the community side, like what's going on? And so many people are doing stuff with their kids and want to find good opportunities. And I do think that, you know, it's tough. People are, teams are trying to, and leagues are trying to sell tickets and media rights and stuff like that. But one thing I've learned definitely through the humanitarian awards, it's just, there's a lot of good stuff being done. It really sure. is awesome. And I think certain teams are exceptional at it, but I think everyone is seeing that it, this is something that all people care about. And I think at its essence, sport is good. That, that, that's just, yeah, we'll go to it for that. Don't, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's got a head start. <laughs> Say again, it's got a head start. It's a, it's yeah. by nature, it's good. Yeah, exactly. The enterprise is to entertain largely education being a supplementary or maybe secondary component in some mm-hmm. cases to entertain. You have to have that positivity, that optimism, that sense of fun and sense of doing good work. Um, sometimes comes along with it. Well, yeah, some of the teams that you, that you admire for the work that they're doing. You mentioned some are doing a really good job. Are there any that come to mind? Yeah, you know what? It's I just uh, thinking back because it's been a couple of years since we did the humanitarian award. But one of them here in New York, I think everyone like like the Yankees are doing stuff, the Mets are doing stuff. But I do remember the NYCFC, which is the <laughs> soccer team in here in New York City, just being exceptional. Like just seeing it everywhere. It's common and not putting it in your face, but it was something that was part of everything that they did. That was one, I remember the Chicago Fire, uh, also of MLS doing uh, a lot of great things. It's interesting because you get some not so great news with them. And then sometimes they do a lot of exceptional work is the WE. So you got to see both of it, but that's an organization that is exceptional. Uh, Everything they do in terms of whether it's veterans or mental health and physical activity. And it's really been amazing. It was amazing to, to, to read their application each year. I was like, oh, these guys are every visits. And even though you look, John Cena has 600 make a wish, the most of any person in the world in history. You know, and it's, it's like, right. yeah, you yeah. Know so like, I confess I don't follow the WWE. So yeah, I yeah. That's so interesting. Kids, again, a lot of this is make a wishes with kids, but... And that's, but that's a lot to ask of, of anyone oh, and to oh, do it yeah. that often, oh, yeah. I think that speaks to who he is um, and, you know, what the organization, but yeah, I, the NBA is fantastic. Look, the NFL has made improvements, like you said, over the last several years, definitely. And in all these situations, room for improvement, but that's all of us or room to get better. But I definitely, like you said, with Colin, what he did and the athletes, I think one thing that I definitely have seen 
in doing the newsletter is this idea of self-advocacy. And certain people that we've over the years associated with Muhammad Ali or Billie Jean King, I think we are seeing these young people. LeBron has done a lot of great things in, in that area. But this idea of, I think, the McCourty, the brothers in the NFL and say, social justice matters to us. Sure. Now, and where are the athletes here? And, and we're people. We're not we're people. just athletes. Right? Yeah, that, absolutely. And I think, no, that's a great, but it just understand us as the full person. And again, predominantly the reason an owner of an NFL team is dealing with an individual is because he plays for, for him or her. But yeah, I'm a, so understand when things are going on that, that may have an impact on me socially. Yeah, let's at least be aware of it. Be sensitive to that. And I think definitely the last five plus years, mental health has been a major discussion in a really positive way. And, and athletes coming forth and saying, this is really, this is really difficult. And I, and I know people are like, oh, it's just suck it up or whatever. But I think most people in this country, there's always, there's been some issue of mental, not mental health and just, or being down. And we all have been there. It, I, to, to me is make the athletes more real. And for me, at least it doesn't detract from their greatness and whatever they're doing. I'm actually like, oh my God, this person overcame something and they're, they're remarkable at their, their chosen field. And even if they didn't overcome anything, if just being courageous to share that they're vulnerable in that That's way, right. really honorable. And I think I've always looked at athletes, particularly in, in violent sports, I'll admit as very courageous. And that's part yeah. of the, of watching you, watching them and you're thinking to themselves, oh, this person wants to win so badly. They're putting their physical health on the line. And we always saw that. I think now yeah. we're seeing that mental health is something they've been putting on the line too. And in today's era with social media and everything, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be as famous as some of these people. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Yeah. Uh, it comes with a lot of money, but, yeah. but it seems like it would be pretty torturous in some ways. I agree. Um, I agree. Be, I had one of the assistant coaches for the Warriors on this show a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how he really recommends these young kids come into the NBA. They, they don't. He didn't literally say, don't do it. But the implication from what I heard was that it's only going to get in the way of you becoming a better basketball player. If you're thinking about what you saw on social media, how yeah. we're good enough or talking back about to return to talking about Giannis, as we talked about earlier, there is, there is no failure in sports. I agree with that. People lose. It's a zero sum game. That's what sports are. I liked a lot of my research has been about the educational aspects of sports. And that's something that I've really always loved is how you can lose, but then are you going to get better? And that's the choice yeah. I really admire is when athletes say, yes, I lost, but I'm going to get better. And yeah. of course, all the great ones lose before they... Yeah, yeah, true. So yeah, I sure. what other trends are you seeing in, in, in your work? Not necessarily just the newsletter, but if you want to talk about it, like, what, is, there, is there anything that you'd like to highlight as far as the newsletter goes for my audience? Because I'd love to share whatever I can about sure. the newsletter with my audience. Sure. You had mentioned it before, I, I think, and this is something I've been looking at for years is, is women's sports. And I think for me, it's been, I've seen these things and occasionally I've written stuff for Sports Business Journal about it is, I think it, it came from working with entrepreneurs, right? And looking at the marketplace and going, there's some opportunity here. So I think I've always looked at women's sports as a real opportunity. You know, you know I, I grew up on Long Island, the town I grew up in, the, the girls' soccer team at my high school is exceptional. They win the state championship every year. And I would watch them and I'm like, this is interesting to me. I don't know, I'm a soccer player. And I was like, this is really amazing. So 
I just always felt it was there. And so I'm excited by the progress. Oh, look, I'm telling you every day I see something about it. So it's a constant flow. And of course things, there's a lot of improvement, but they just had a women in sports business event in New York city in the last couple of days. People are talking about it. People are being featured. Again, we're, we have now female commissioners of multiple leagues happening, whether it's the NWSL or PHF or the drone racing league. We see more and more women as athletic directors of the entire departments, not just the women's sports side, but the entire department. So I love it because I think there's opportunity. And I say to the students is you may have a particular, I'd love to do this, whatever, but there's such great opportunities in sport, both in the U.S. and abroad in different areas, latch onto that. And that might be the thing that you end up being really passionate about, or at least be a launching pad into something else. If you're doing digital marketing for the NWSL and your dream is to be with the NFL, it's a lot of the same thing. So you don't pass up a great opportunity with the Women's Soccer League because you're like, I'm holding out for the NFL. Yeah. That's the industries meet good people all around. There's definitely things that that will translate well to these other leagues. So I love I love that. I partly because you know, this is where my family is from. I think there's a lot of great potential in India. Yes. Articles first. There was just an article a couple of days ago. Did I find it through you? The one in the New York Times about investment that's being made in, in girls' cricket? Oh, I, I may have done. I didn't, I don't think I, I might have included in the newsletter, if not put on social media. But yeah, yeah, it's just, again, this is, it's a, oh, I, th- I, I know, again, the thing, I, I think it was a lot of it in the New York Times as well about the idea of changing the mindset of sport, uh, of people of sport in India. It's just the idea that it health, and wellness is the foundation of everything. So I just think there's tremendous commercial opportunity in India. I think there's a lot of societal upside and there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So I did again, but I look at it almost from an entrepreneur standpoint, but here's an opportunity. Same thing women's sports, here's an opportunity. I saw a great, for the first time this year, I went to South by Southwest and saw a great presentation about immersive experiences. Yeah, it just blew me away on its this. And so this can do, yeah, it can make the big folks bigger, but it also can make those who are smaller or just starting out, give them an angle to get prominence in the, in their areas. Yeah. I think the industry is doing, is doing great things. I would, if I had one thing, I would say, I, I wish some of the things were cheaper for folks, whether it's being a fan or playing a sport. I think we've got some price creep going on and I'd love to see entities and sport that do have the resources to to facilitate make it, making it easier for kids to play, for people to go to a game. Because again, your first question was like, what's your connection to sports? And it's like, I love sports and I've had a lot of great memories with sports. I've also had some memories that were of my teams losing, but it's sure. still a memory. And I still sure. shared it with someone. And I, I think that is, again, something that sport has. And they have to, and I think people in sports should respect that. I don't think just because you have a new stadium that you do private seat licenses and then you charge $15 for a beer. You know, it's, I don't yeah. know. I think sport has, and we've talked about the sports teams being community property it's in Europe. So some of these teams are, they are. Really community. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah. So I, I possible think, here too. Yeah. So I would certainly understand someone's goal to, to make money, but in sport, there is that the fact that so many people care about say something that you own. I think it's really got to be, I would take it as being invigorating. I'm like, wow, it'd be some pressure. I get it. But I'm like, wow, I could do something that makes millions of people happy. That's a pretty awesome opportunity. Do you think that 
the idea that ownership groups, management of professional sports teams have a corporate social responsibility to fill the stadium with people who maybe couldn't otherwise afford the tickets after the tickets have been sold, the high price tickets, that is. I do actually. I think about where I've lived and the cities that I've lived in and all have had parts of the city where a lot of people don't have a lot of resources. And I always thought if I owned a team that I would say, you know what, send a school bus into a community and be like, all right, 50 people get on, come. And again, you want them to have a good experience. Okay. They don't, they're not maybe going to sit in the front, but the whole idea, and I've seen it being a fan, young kids, and it's everyone. And one thing I want to say is it's not only young kids. I don't want to forget. I've featured a couple of articles in the newsletter about seniors. Yeah. And this is a huge population. And again, sport is so much about memories. And I was like, I, one of the best articles that I think I ever included was, I think it was out of the UK. And it was a typical story, but it was about adults, older adults with cognitive decline. And what they, but the effort was to take them to sports stadiums that they've been to before and the teams that they followed as kids and like to talk about it and let them see it. And it was this reliving of their youth. I was like, that is an incredible because I just talked to a friend of mine recently whose mom, unfortunately, is in, in cognitive decline. And it's the his, the things from way past she remembers. So for a lot of us, sport is the thing that we remember. So if you can give someone a positive recollection, so I'd love to see Franklin a little bit more. Have a, a special ticket package, grandparents and grandkids. <laughs> I just, so I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, especially since so much money, especially the major leagues, the NFL, the NBA, they make so Big much money. money on media. They do have some wiggle room with respect to their tickets. And they do suffer. I definitely know there's a lot of tickets given away and things of that nature. But I've heard from enough people that don't go to games because of the cost. People my them. age. And yeah, I was like, that, that's a lot of money. I live in New York City and it's, it's a lot of money to go to a game. And it doesn't have to be, they don't have to go to 10 games. But if someone can go to one game a year or something like that, and I'm sure you've seen it. Every league talks about where our next generation of fans going to come from. And so you got to give them a chance to experience it. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, the ticket prices, you use the word price creep. I will use the word price gouge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but both are probably appropriate. Yeah. You mentioned, Sab, that memories are a key component for what you love about sports. I always ask all my guests uh, to answer the question, what is the power of sports to them? So I'm curious, is, would memories be a part of your answer or would it be something else? Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a big part of it. And it's, and not just on a personal level, that shared experience. So much of sport is we share, whether as an athlete, especially you play team sport, I was a soccer guy or, and I had great memories from that or being a fan and being, watching your college, I'm a big college basketball person, watching your college win a big game is Usually not doing it, at least I've been fortunate, not doing that alone. I've watched games alone, of course, maybe the majority of the games, but I've also been in a group of eight to 10 people and high-fiving like crazy, you know, as a 40-year-old, because you're like, this is awesome. So I I think sport, as they say, you make memories. And so I think sport allows us to do that individually. And it's something that inspires, especially young people as athletes. But it inspires us as people as well. And so some of the greatest figures in history have had some connection to sport and partly because we've gotten to experience, you know, them through hopefully in person, but watching them on TV and saying, wow, I was there. And the, the memory that it gives just, I was watching the women's NCAA tournament because I remember hearing about Caitlin Clark last year 
You know? I was like, I'm watching this game. Like it was must see TV for me. And it was a memory. I was watching the game by myself and a lot of people were texting with other people. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So sure. that's a shared experience. And it's a fun interaction with a lifelong friend that sport is giving me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that you're highlighting so much of the good work that's being done in that realm to, to push our society forward. So I really appreciate you taking time to be part of this show. And Thank you. Your ideas with my listeners. It's been Thank real you. No, it was, really it was a real honor. And again, I'm going forward. Absolutely. We'll promote the, the show that you have and your work. But again, yeah. Let's get your book in the newsletter. Let's get your podcast in the newsletter. Yeah. Happy to send you a copy. No, I thank you very much. That. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I wish you continued success. This was a, it really was a great experience for me. And again, this is a memory. So thank you for- Yes, uh, absolutely. For I feel the same way, Seth. Thank you very much. All right. Wonderful to talk to you. Okay, take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.